0: stars, stones, and stories. I am your host Rama and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred sight activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow earthseedtemplearts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. I'm wondering if you're desiring a vacation from Earth School as much as I am. These last six weeks, eight weeks have been phenomenally intense. We've just been hanging out in square after square. And the energies are a lot. Um, We're going to dive into it. I want to really share with you about Eris and Aries. I haven't touched on her so much because, honestly, I'm not an expert on Eris, and um, she's a astronomical body that I've been desiring to know more about. It just hasn't been the right time, and so. In preparation for this episode, which I'm recording on Friday, Venus Day, August 27th, as I'm recording this episode, we're hanging out in the peak of the square of Eris and, and Aries between Pluto in Capricorn. And uh, this is part of why the astrology has felt so intense. For the past couple of weeks. As many of you know, we've also been under the Saturn and Aquarius square, Uranus and Taurus energy as well. However, uh, because of the movement of these two planets in their retrograde motion, they're technically out of the square for now. We will be revisiting that square in December. So the tension we're really feeling is this Eris and Aries energy. And Eris was discovered by Mike Brown on January 5th, 2005 at 1120 AM, Pasadena, California. Now, when Eris was first discovered and named, uh, she created a lot of chaos by upsetting the known order of the solar system. And basically, it was her discovery that debunked Pluto as a planet and created this new class of dwarf planets. Uh, To be honest with you, when I offer astrological sessions, I still deem Pluto in planet status because Pluto plays such an important part in our lives. And I believe Eris does as well. It's just that we don't know a lot about her as astrologers. We don't know a lot about how she moves in our charts and what that really means. She entered into the sign of Aries in 1926. So almost everyone alive on the planet has Aries and Aries right now. Um, there are some people who do have Eris in pisces but most of what we know her as is in aries and she will not exit aries until 2048 so we could say that the astrology of Eris has been this like very powerful kind of silent invisible force in the story of humanity and As Eris goes beyond Pluto, the diameter is 1,444 miles, making Eris about the same size as Pluto. Pluto is 1,447 miles. And when the moon of Eris, which is named Dysnomia, uh, by tracking the moon's motion, it has been determined that Eris is about 27% heavier than Pluto, which means it's denser, which means we're going to feel the gravitational pull of Eris in a very strong sense. So what you may not understand about astrology is that the planets that are further away actually when they transit, their magnetism affects us more than the planets that are closer. Now, Eris is said to have a very eccentric elliptical orbit, which means that um, the way she moves through the signs is uh, erratic, and that's why Eris and Aries goes on for so many years. I mean, we're talking about over 100 years. Eris takes 558.04 Earth years to orbit the sun, whereas Pluto takes 248 years to make the same orbit. So that means Eris moves twice as slow as Pluto does around our sun. Which means that she is going to hang out in a degree for an even longer period of time, exerting a more powerful influence on world events. These are cultural societal markers, especially when the aspect of Eris and Aries happens to someone's sun, their moon, or their ascendant, and also the um angles of their chart. That's a big factor. So not just the Ascendant, but the iliaculum, the Descendant, and the Midheaven. So basically, we could say Eris takes about roughly five to eight years to complete an aspect within one degree. We feel her effects for a very, very long time. Now, as we look to mythology, Eris was the Greek goddess of discord and strife, and one could say she was most likely one of the least popular goddesses in ancient Greece. There were no temples devoted to her, there's no record of anyone praying towards Eris, and From the mythos, all of the gods and goddesses were very eager to ignore her, to exclude her. And even despite the positive writing that Hesiod, the Greek poet, put on his description of Eris, she remained a goddess that people preferred to avoid. And Eris is the one goddess within the Greek pantheon who did more than just start every fight. She was also the last one to end the fights. She is famously known as being the uninvited guest. And this was to the wedding between Peleus and Thetis. And from what I remember hearing It was Chiron, the maverick healer, who chose to not invite Eris out of fear of what might happen. So she was very angry that she was not invited to their wedding. And so she created an an apple, and she said that the fairest, the most beautiful, could have this apple. It was a golden apple. And so it was thrown out into the crowd and basically sparked this competition between Hera, Athena, and Aphrodite. And it was this controversial golden apple that really and truly instigated the Trojan War. So perhaps you've read the Iliad and you know about the Trojan War. It's an epic, epic story. And we could say Eris was the one who instigated it. However, what Eris did was instigated what was already there brewing below the surface. These goddesses were already in competition with one another on some level or another for being seen and recognized. They wanted to be noted for their beauty. And so Eris basically called out what was already real and true. Now, as being goddess of discord, she's the mother of strife. And one would say within the Greek realm, whenever there was conflict, Eris was in the midst of it. It is said that she delighted in war, was obsessed with bloodshed, havoc, and suffering. And she was the sister of Ares, and basically they were a team. She would call forth war, and he would act it out. And their parents were Zeus and Hera. Ares's name means insatiable in her fury. Now, as we can find in some accounts, Zeus and Hera were her parents, But some renditions also say that she was the daughter of Nyx, the personification of night. And Nyx symbolizes the ground of the dark feminine principle that is the creative source of all that exists. Nyx arose as a great black winged spirit from primeval chaos. So, Eris and her children represented many of the most unwelcomed and disliked aspects of life. Collectively, they personified the causes and effects of fighting, all springing from a form of strife. And she had many different children who were elements of discord that had personifications of the feelings and troubles that grew out of conflict or fighting or that which led to fighting. So Ponos is the god of hard work and toil. And he represented the backbreaking work required to survive under poverty and harsh conditions. Leith, the goddess of forgetfulness, was associated with the underworld river of forgetfulness known as Leith. The algae, the three sisters, Lupa, Anya, and Akos, represented both mental and physical pain, distress, and grief. Limos personified extreme hunger. She represented the starvation and famine that were often left behind after war. The Makai, the opposites of the hyms, hyms, Minea, They represented the sights and sounds of great battles, including the din of war and the confusion of the battlefield. Meanwhile, the hymnsimnea were the spirits of hand-to-hand combat. They presided over brawls and fistfights. Horkus was a god of oaths, specifically one who punished those who lied. Eight. She was a daemon of reckless action and impulsiveness. The Nakia, some of Eris' most malevolent children, embodied feuds and lasting grievances. And there are others. So the list just goes on around these children that are born from Eris that are basically reflecting all of the chaos and the... Discord that Eris brings into humanity's life. So, as we look to Eris and astrology, we can see that Eris really wants to bring that which is hidden to the surface. Eris is teaching that ignorance is not bliss. When something is happening, even if you can look the other way, You can still feel the effects and the reverberation around it. And Eris is asking the collective to take responsibility, to take, to bring awareness, consciousness to that which is happening. So, Eris transits show that which is ready to be revealed, something that can be emotional, deeply buried in the psyche something that's unacknowledged, that needs to be brought out to the light, just as she threw that golden apple that instigated this Trojan War. So as things come to the surface, there is also this amazing gift in the sense that there is emotional release and there's capacity to create healing which can allow for a meaningful life to really rise up to the surface. And Eris and Aries is very much about bringing up the hidden layers of discord everywhere. So it makes it hard for people to coexist with one another, whether it's in Shared households, workplaces, school environments, other community establishments. People are often extremely emotionally triggered by those who are around them in ways they never have been before. And there can also be outbursts and rage that disrupts from that triggering. And Eris and Aries is really asking. Each one of us right now, what are you not acknowledging? Where are the stuck emotional patterns? What needs to be healed? What needs to be faced and moved through? Eris and Aries is really assisting us collectively to rise out of victim consciousness. And Eris and Aries started to square Pluto and Capricorn in 2020. Now, some astrologers have related the pandemic of COVID in conjunction with the square between Eris and Aries and Pluto and Capricorn. And I do think that is part of the mix, but I also think it's important to look at the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which happened at the beginning of 2020 as well. And so it was on the 26th of January, 2020, that Eris and Aries and Pluto in Capricorn squared for the first time. The second square was on the 14th of June, and the third square was on the 10th of December, right before that Sagittarius total solar eclipse, which happened at the end of 2020. And Pluto in Capricorn is very intense. There's a lot of dissolving and shedding. Pluto in general represents great transformation, psychological death, and rebirth, and is known as Lord of the Underworld, Sovereign as the Underworld where Pluto lies in a birth chart, we are particularly vulnerable to distortions and navigational errors based on the places and spaces where unprocessed wounds reside within our own psyches. And so Pluto gifts us the opportunity to dive into past traumas so that we can find a space of great transformation through the journey of integration and this is a tool of empowerment. So where Pluto lies, there's this great potential for the rising of kundalini energy coming up from the base of the spine, from the earth all the way up and out into the cosmos for regeneration and renewal. In mythology, Pluto was known as Hades, uh, also Adonis, and was son of Rhea Rhea and Kronos, Kronos being Saturn. Pluto is known as the absolute master of the underworld, who only left on two occasions, one for Persephone and the other in search of Payan, which was someone who had injured him. However, if he did emerge from the underworld, he was able to wear a helmet which made him invisible. So he had immense, immense powers. His cult also was greatly tied to Demeter, which makes sense because Demeter is the mother of Persephone. And there's that rendition of where Demeter's looking for her daughter who Pluto has captured. And with that, Pluto is from the word, which translates for riches. He is known to have received buried treasured, um, was the god of agricultural wealth, as from the center of the earth, he exerted his influence on cultivation and crops. So as Pluto is in Capricorn, which Capricorn has such a need for structure, structure organization, governments, um, our social accomplishments, what Pluto and Capricorn is doing is really dissolving the old systems, institutions, and structures of our lives. They're shaken to the core. And we've seen that uh, when Pluto entered into Capricorn in 2008 with the collapse of the banking system and the whole housing market. And we've come to understand uh, I think collectively um, how inflated currencies are and um, that which we value is extremely inflated these days, like the way that uh, property is priced and food and all the different things. Yet we are still somehow collectively supporting these multinational corporations that do not value Mother Earth. They are actively destroying Mother Earth, and yet we're in this outdated system where um, no matter how how much you subvert the system, you're still somewhat dependent upon it. And Pluto and Capricorn is showing us this, revealing this on a on a deep level. And 2020, with that conjunction between Saturn and Capricorn at the beginning of 2020, and then Pluto and Capricorn squaring Aries and Aries, we had these coronavirus lockdowns. We had a situation where there was a reevaluation of power, power and control over others, uh, the the spaces and places that have lacked societal norms that have lacked integrity, are coming up to the surface more and more. And Eris and Aries, as we know her as this like goddess of discord, who really wants to reveal the root of all disharmony on planet earth in Aries. She is in the archetype of the leader, of the pioneer, of the warrior, of the risk taker, of the daredevil. She's dynamic. She is here to develop self-awareness, to stand up for her own independence, and that shadow energy of being impulsive, angry, aggressive, impatient, selfish, rash, hot-tempered, is absolutely very much uh, activated. And so there's this stirring with, within each one of us personally and collectively around justice for the self, for the individual, around who we are. And while we've been subjected in one way or another to quarantine globally, um, there's also been this deep awakening. There's a transformation that is taking place. There is no going back to what once was. We're all aware of that. Now, how we move forward, there's a myriad of possibilities. And there are some beings out there that want you to imagine there's only one or two possibilities, but there is a myriad of possibilities And what is required, what is necessary, is that we break down the old emotional energy, the stagnant parts of our bloodlines, of our histories, of our own personal behaviors and reactions to one another. And Eris, as this great disruptor, is allowing for deep psychological baggage to rise to the surface And because of that, there are many people who are avoiding this entire aspect altogether because it's uncomfortable, it's sticky, it's hard to talk about because it is astrologically very much uncharted territory as well. And I can just say for myself in like getting this podcast delivered to you, has required some deep heavy lifting to go through because just working with the heiress energy it's very unnerving and it's very heavy and it's it's about each one of us as individuals it's about our ancestral lineages it's about our collective reality and it's really about like all of the horrible, nasty things that we as humans have done to each other and continue to do to one another. And we're at this time on the earth right now where there is a lot of division. At what point do we as humans (laughs) rise above it? And the square between Eris and Pluto is a square of grit. We are being asked to get gritty each one of us, even, yes, those of us who are most empathic and sensitive and vulnerable and all the things, it's time to get gritty. Aries and Capricorn, as they square, it, it brings in this frequency of great ambition, initiative, drive, and patience. At times, there can be a disregard of ethics to achieve results. There can be selfishness, There can be a desire to achieve something too quickly, a lot of frustration, um, a breaking down of establishments of traditions. And in general, it's a great aspect for any entity that wishes to wage war against these older kind of traditions. With that being said, this is a time to get gritty. And instead of looking to one another about where and how we believe, it's time that we as the people band together, especially Americans. And I say that um, not just because I am living in the United States. I say that because we are also beginning our Pluto return as a nation. It's our first Pluto return. And the Pluto return is either going to regenerate us and resurrect us as a nation, or it will destroy us. And as we, the people, know, we have been looking to our government for a really long time to do the right thing, to stand up with integrity to really, truly be that global, impeccable leader of diversity in all the ways possible. And what we've seen is a lot of facade and a lot of backroom business deals. And we have still, as a nation, never offered reparations first and foremost, to the indigenous people of this land, and secondhand to the Africans who were brought over in the form of slavery, who are now sovereign beings. But these African people who built this nation, we are due to offer reparations. And as a collective country, we will not be settled on this land if This is not done in a good way, in a proper way, in a holy way. And so we could say that collectively right now, there's a huge divide in the United States around the pandemic and how to handle it and health choices. And perhaps the powers that be are very happy that people are fighting and bickering amongst that because it means that they're not looking at the deeper topics. The square between Eris and Aries and Pluto and Capricorn is coming through on the 27th of August. Right now is the peak of it for this year. And then we'll have a second square on the 9th of October. We're going to continue to work with Eris collectively in a powerful way because Eris will come to meet, or we should say Chiron, will come to meet Eris as they're both in Aries and this maverick healer Chiron will be coming closer and closer from 2024 until roughly 2028 to really meet up with Eris and Aries. So that's going to be a very potent time for healing, especially collectively. In 2027, when Saturn is in Aries, there will be that conjunction between Eris and Saturn coming closer, which is also going to be collectively very intense, but especially for those, the generations that have Saturn in Aries, there will be a great awakening around your identity and how to really stand up for who you are. This is an opportunity to get comfortable with being uncomfortable as I said, I love a vacation from Earth school. There's literally nowhere to go or hide on planet Earth right now. We're all feeling this Eris energy, and she is going to continue to trigger each one of us to stir up whatever needs to be stirred up. I gave some examples around the collective of American culture, but around the entire planet, we're feeling it. And a lot of it, I think, boils down very simply to the greed of corporations and business, you know, the multinational businesses. How oft, How much longer do we continue to buy bottled water made out of petroleum? <laughs> water is being taken from indigenous lands and being sold back to people in plastic bottles. It is one of the most grotesque things that have been done on earth. And of course we justify it because we say, well, there's no more clean water. There's not access to clean water, but we have to look deeper. Why is there not access to clean water? What are we as humans doing? Why aren't we providing good filtration systems? Why aren't we using glass? Yes, it's less convenient, but Ultimately, it's cleaner, it's more sustainable in the long run for the planet, for the beings of the earth. And we're not doing these things because they're not convenient. And who are they not convenient for? Ultimately, they're not convenient for the corporations because it's not convenient for us as humans to be suffering with the effects of the additives that are in our food and our water and our air and all the other streams of the environment. The square between Pluto and Eris is absolutely bringing up all of these issues, the issues that many of us know about, but it's like, how do we even speak about it anymore? Because the list of issues just goes on and on and on and on. For many of us, we've kind of swept it under the rug for many years, and it's become this giant massive elephant. And Eris and Aries is like, let's pull the rug off the elephant. Someone's got to deal with this and you've got to deal with it now. We feel insecurity. We feel vulnerability. Um, We want to run, but there's nowhere to hide. No matter what it's going to take, we are here to learn through this transit. Eris, when you're looking at your chart, you might want to know that the house that she lives within, she is teaching you how to overcome crisis through compassion. She is teaching you how when you strive that you have an opportunity to grow. She is teaching you about how to fight to the end, no matter what. She's teaching you where you can no longer be in denial. She is teaching you how to shake up the status quo and liberate yourself from the traditions that no longer serve. She is teaching you how to do things in your own unique way and how to apply all of your resourcefulness. And she's teaching you also of the old memories of where you felt forsaken, condemned or abandoned, and how to heal them. And so on many levels, we could say Ares and Aries also represents the feminine movement of how do we really anchor feminine power to planet Earth? How do we make it so it's long-term sustainable and that the feminine is really honored and upheld And in many ways, Eris is related to the fight for existence, the the right that woman deserves to not only exist, but how to be respected for what that feminine principle is. And there is absolutely a war on the feminine happening still today. And this is in some ways more dire than it's ever been before. And Eris and Aries is also asking each one of us to look at that as well. Now, as in some renditions, she is a winged goddess. uh, Some connect her to other winged goddesses, including the Sumerian ancient goddess, Anana, who was a goddess of love and beauty, but also war. The Nekbet goddess from ancient Egypt, the vulture goddess, who I have spoken about in previous episodes, as one of the supreme goddesses of Egypt. She represented ancient upper Egypt, and uh, we could say very much is the primordial form of Isis and we know the Celtic goddess Morgana, or the Morgan, as a form of a raven, and Bronwyn, another Celtic goddess, who would take the form of a white raven, and the Norse goddess Freya, who either wore a cloak of falcon feathers or assumed the form of a falcon. We can say that Eris and Ares at her core is all about rising out of victim consciousness and how do we each do that in a way that is sovereign and yet also willing to hold the line, to really stand in power and truth at the most basic level so that the feminine may have full Rights in the patriarchal society, and in earnest, what we are doing with the Pluto and Capricorn dissolving of the past. This is such an important time to anchor into your practice, your spiritual practice, whatever that looks like, whether it's running 10 miles a day, or meditating and offering prayer and chanting. It can look like so many different things, but we all need a daily spiritual practice. It's non-negotiable. And one of the reasons why we need this daily practice is to also provide deep nourishment for the nervous system. And I've spoken this year in 2021 in prior episodes about how to heal the nervous system, practices you can do to work with your nervous system. And I want to speak today about the vagus nerve and the healing of the vagus nerve because I feel like it goes hand in hand with this square energy. And with the Aries and Aries energy, it's important that we work with conscious healing around the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is known as the 10th cranial nerve that begins at the brainstem, moves through the body to the vital organs, and ends in the gut. This nerve connects our brain to our gut and plays an essential role in the nervous system, particularly the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the part of our nervous system that really allows us to deeply relax. We know that our healing, our body's ability to heal, only takes place when the nervous system is fully relaxed. As the vagus nerve builds up tone, there is greater relaxation And it plays a key in physical and emotional health. So the vagus nerve, as I said, it connects the brain to the gut. It connects the brain to the internal organs. It regulates the parasympathetic system. It stimulates digestion. It stimulates our ability to make memories. And it also has the ability to prevent chronic inflammation. So the vagus nerve is essential in any kind of deep healing protocol. And one could say it is also important for our clarity of mind and our capability within intuitive wisdom. Now, some ways you can take care of your vagus nerve include deep breathing, singing, chanting, humming, gargling with water, Cold water therapy, so cold showers and cold plunges in natural bodies of water. Exercise, massage, laughter, being in social settings and enjoying your time with others. Acupuncture, and within the diet itself, making sure you're eating healthy fats, lots of omega-3s, and probiotic foods. And so this vagus nerve is very important in our ability to have that connection between our brain and our gut, our capacity to intuit and to just know things. And as collectively we are healthier within our vagus nerve, it allows us to be around Discordant energy, and to know how to move through it with compassion and wisdom. In any given moment, we have a choice. There's very little we control in the world, but we always have a choice in the actions we're going to take, the words we're going to use. And these are profound times of really coming deeper into our heart's truth to evoke deeper empathy to call upon kindness, to have the ability to hear differences of opinions, and to move forward in friendships and relationships with people, even though you may disagree. We have a lot of growth opportunities right now to stop perpetuating a divide-and-conquer mentality. If we know anything we know that we are one as humanity, which means that there are times and places where we will need to agree to disagree with others, but ultimately respect one another for knowing that this is one human collective experience. And so I say to you, yes, it seems like Very little is easy these days. However, I feel in my heart that as much as I don't like (laughs) the way a lot of days feel, I know in my heart that we are making great traction. There is grit and there is a lot of grit available and a lot of growth opportunities, which also speaks to the fact that real change is afoot and that we are actually consciously evolving. And I think it's important to believe in ourselves and our abilities uh, as resilient humans to get through these times and to find ways to get through these times as a council of wise beings. I also want to say that because of just what I have spoken to in this episode alone with the square between Eris and Pluto, and that's one aspect of our current astrology, right? Like we know that we have the Saturn, Uranus square throughout 2021. We know that in the United States, we're beginning our Pluto return, we know that we've just entered this Aquarian age and Jupiter and Saturn and Aquarius have been teaching us not just about the possibility of this age, but also the possible dark side of this age and what it means, particularly around technology and information and who gets to own these resources. And so with that, It's important to understand that what we are in process, active process, is a conscious evolution. And we must remind ourselves that we are within a marathon. And so it's very essential that you pace yourself, which is why the daily spiritual practice is necessary. It's also necessary to put your self-care first, which means bowing out from time to time, of agreements if you know it's not for your highest and best. Really learning how to listen to your own inner truth chord is essential in these times, because these are times of great transformation. This is a year of radical illumination, as I said at the beginning of 2021, and we're only eight months into it. There's still more transformation to go through. These are the times that we came for. We are made for this. And I believe that we, each one of us here in this community of stars, stones, and stories, were called to illuminate the highest vibration of unity consciousness in these times. And so please know your voice matters now more than ever. And as I like to speak about Chiron as that maverick healer, offering that dose of homeopathic remedy for our greatest wounds and traumas so that we can move through them and learn to master them and and share that mastery with others, these are times where we are rippling that mastery out to the field, to the collective frequency, and we are rippling it out through our heart, which is why the truth chord and the heart matters so, so much. And it's important to know that You are so prepared for this incarnation, even though it might feel isolating or lonely at times, I guarantee you, you have the backing of your ancestors, your bloodline, your soul family, your star lineages, and the incarnations you've been through have prepared you for this one. Your soul chose your astrological chart, your divine blueprint, so that you come in with the highest potential. And your DNA is a part of this astrology that came through at this particular time of great change. And so we're here, we're moving through uncharted, waters uncharted territory together. And the next new moon that we have coming up, it's a Virgo new moon. It's exact on Monday, September 6th at 8:52 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And many of us know Virgo as that mutable earthy sign, the maiden, the virgin, the holistic healer, the organizer, the humble servant. As we look to Virgin, Virgin is actually one who is in their complete and divine sovereignty. Virgo energy is all about mind body healing, really seeking how to function efficiently while adapting to everything that is learned. And so there's this great analytical ability with the Virgo frequency. And with this Virgo new moon, we have this opportunity i personally relate to the virgo frequency as this great celestial mother energy that can see through everything so naked so clear can pierce through the veil and as i mentioned before there is we can we can see virgo through time and space connecting with the nekat goddess of Upper Egypt, that vulture goddess, that great mother goddess, that great mother frequency. Virgo, we know, connects to Mercury. It is said, is ruled by Mercury. And Virgo is also connected to Chiron. And some believe Virgo is also connected to Vesta, our devotion, and Ceres. Ceres is the nurturer, the great mother. And I love to anchor series back to Isis, to Great Mother Isis, that goddess of 10,000 names, queen of heaven, queen of the stars, who in her primordial form, one of them connects with the Nekbet goddess, the winged vulture, the vulture who is the most powerful mother presence And so this Virgo new moon comes into our lives to bring in that most powerful mother presence into our own lives. Where do you need to mother yourself? Where do you need to be more discriminating, more discerning? Where are the spaces that you need to pierce through the veil and to honor and acknowledge that which needs to shift and grow. And the Sabian symbol for 15 degrees Virgo, which is the degree that the moon and sun meet up at for this conjunction, for this new moon. This is a fine lace handkerchief heirloom from various ancestors. It is about deeds well done, the gift of deeds well done. As one follows in the footsteps of their ancestors with courage, integrity, and discernment, there is a gift that is offered from the unseen realms from the other world as the individual has proven themselves to be worthy of the task at hand. So there's an opportunity, if you really dive subtly into this new moon, to receive a gift, to receive that support. And as I said, I guarantee you, there are a multitude of beings that wanna support you. However, there is protocol with the other world and we have free will on planet earth, terra Gaia, and we must always ask for help when we need it. And the star sparks for 15 degrees Virgo is a man inherits a vast fortune. This is about timing, how timing is everything, divine timing, that all things arrive in their correct season. To trust the distinctiveness of the delivery, the right alignment, the subtle blessing of a rhythmic approach to a destiny. Our minds will always focus on what is not happening, what is not working. The mind wishes for perfection and attainment, especially a Virgo mind. The mind insists that there is so much to do and not enough time, especially a Virgo mind. And so, with this lunation, we must tap into the riches of what is, to seize the gifts of alignment that are here and now, and to move forward with the tools that are available, that are at your fingertips. There's also a trine between the sun and moon with Uranus and Taurus. So it's a beautiful time to realign with your values. There's actually a really potent field for this new moon around a resurgence of your spiritual practice and devotion. The sun and moon also opposed to Neptune and Pallas Athene and Pisces who are both retrograde. So again, that also speaks to an opportune time to really realign with your spiritual devotion. And there's a square between Juno and Sagittarius and Ceres in Gemini. And so the square offers in an opportunity for growth and evolution especially in how you nurture your mind and your beliefs. Through this Virgo new moon, we will still be in the midst of the square between Eris and Pluto. And so we're still going to be feeling the effects of that energy. I pulled a card for this virgo new moon and i want to share it with you all i pulled this card for our collective energy around what will support us the most with the virgo new moon and i got the hierophant and i'm using for this reading i'm using the good tarot by colette baron reed she's a beautiful uh, creator of this deck sorry for the rustling of the pages I want to read her interpretation because I really love her interpretations. And the Hierophant is number five in the deck and is very much connected to spiritual practice and devotion. So this is perfect for Virgo New Moon. And it says, when this card appears, it reminds me to be committed to a spiritual practice To ensure a conscious contact to my higher power. When I have a daily practice of prayer and meditation steeped in gratitude and committed to being a co creator, life works out in wondrous ways. Rituals are in my highest good at this time. Exchanging vows is also highlighted. So I really encourage you with this Virgo new moon to reinstate, to reevaluate your daily spiritual practice. If you don't have one, now is the time to begin. If you do have one and you've kind of gotten lax with it or it's time to, you know, modify it, go for it. I really want to share with you as we're considering this square between Eris and Pluto, I spoke a little bit about the connection of the over-culture at large. And I've been thinking a lot about technology and the right use of technology and how we've just invited technology into our lives in every way, shape, and form imaginable and how that is only going to increase more and more. I've been thinking a lot about this article That I studied extensively in undergraduate school. When I was at Hampshire College, one of my focuses was media criticism. And one of my favorite articles that I read that has just stuck with me over the years is The Medium is the Message by Marshall McLuhan. It was published in 1964. And if you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it. I will definitely link it to the show notes. Um, I, it's it's such an integral piece to where we are in time and space. And I think this square between Eris and Pluto is very much asking us to deal with exactly what Marshall McLuhan was writing about in 1964. Collectively, we weren't ready or willing to look at it. The truth is, is if we don't address our addiction and reliance upon technology and make decisions on how we're going to work with it as humans, it will work with us in ways that we may not like down the road. I think we all know that artificial intelligence is already here. It's alive. It's all around us. I don't think we fully understand what that means, but I know that our world is only going to rapidly transform within the next nine years. When we get to 2030, it's going to be a much different culture than what it is in 2021 and what it was in 2019. And again, I want to stress that Each one of us were the creators of that world. With Uranus and Taurus, we're constantly reminded about what is it you value? What are your connections to the earth? Do you really truly value the earth? And if so, how do you enact that in every day of your life? And are you willing to take a stand for Mother Earth and her beings, Or are you going to fall asleep at the wheel and kind of just shrug your shoulders and say, well, there's not much I can do about it. So Marshall McLuhan wrote about how the medium is the message because it is the medium that shapes and controls the scale and form of human association and action. Indeed, it is only too typical that the content of any medium blinds us to the character of the medium. As he wrote, Pope Pius VII said in 1950, It is not an exaggeration to say that the future of modern society and the stability of its inner life depend in large part on the maintenance of an equilibrium between the strength of the techniques of communication and the capacity of the individual's own reaction. With that, we can say subliminal and docile acceptance of media, impact has made prisons without walls for their human users. Again, I want to read that to you. This comes directly from Marshall McLuhan. Subliminal and docile acceptance of media impact has made prisons without walls for their human users. A.J. Leeling remarked in his book, The Press, a man is not free if he cannot see where he is going. And so I ask you, Beautiful listener of Stars, Tones, and Stories, do you know where you're going? Do we know where we're going collectively? Because I'm not sure if I have an answer for that. I know where I'm going. I write and consider my dreams and intentions and visions all the time. And it's something I speak about in the private sessions that I offer others really urging them to think about, like, what's your vision? What's your plan? Where are you going? But collectively, where are we going? And as I was reading this article again for the first time in many years, it was really interesting because Marshall McLuhan was talking about um, how before it was like cotton, oil, green, lumber, fish, that were the staples of humanity. And that made me think about how in the 60s, when he wrote that, he was living in the midst of a series of the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions that were all in Earth signs. And now that we've had that Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in 2020 in Aquarius, That's an air sign, and we had the first one in an air sign in 1980 in Libra. But the one in 2000 and the ones prior to 1980 and 81 for quite some time were all in earth signs, and so now the new staples are media, thoughts, ideas, information, information, light. Movement through the skies, all things that are governed by air. So the personal and social consequences of any medium, that is, any extension of ourselves, result from the new scale that is introduced into our affairs by each extension of ourselves or by any new technology. It is the machine itself that is the message. And so that means that if you are using a device, whatever device you're using, the device is the message. And this takes me to when I first was introduced to this article, it was very much in conjunction with media criticism and thinking about television. Television, and we know that it is offering a form of hypnosis. It is hypnotizing us. We are in a hypnotic trance when we're watching television. We're in a hypnotic trance when we're scrolling through our phones today. And so what is that message? What are we consuming? What are we taking in? Because whether you're aware of the fact that you're consuming something or not, doesn't matter. You are consuming. And this, again brings me back to our values, Uranus and Taurus. How do we come more in alignment with Mother Earth and the seasons, the solar gates, the phases of the moon, the connection to the stones and the bones in our body? And so with that, I just wish to let you all know that I will be offering my next course Earth Seed, which I offered this past spring. We're going to reopen and journey through for nine weeks. It's a live experiential course. We will begin on Tuesday, September 21st at 7 p.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time. And we'll go for nine weeks. Everything will be recorded. It's going to be live recorded. And so there's a live teaching, and as I've already laid down the foundations for this curriculum, I guarantee you this next round is going to be even more juicy, and people had such profound transformations in the spring, and there are a number of people who are going to be circling back around with us live. So I want to invite you to mark that on your calendar. And I will put a link in the show notes where you can learn more about Earthseed, and you can go ahead and sign up if you're interested in joining us. There's also an episode that I offered from Starseed to Earthseed. I just want to invite anyone who's interested in pilgriming to Egypt the 3rd through 22nd of December 2021. If you're feeling the call or you felt the call to travel to Egypt, I encourage you to connect with me further. You can email support at earthseedtemplearts.com and put living legacy in the subject line. I'm also going to link in the show notes a video that I made about this journey And I have a full written invitation for people who are serious about learning more about the journey. We're going to visit some of the holiest spaces in Egypt, including many different temples and tombs and different desert oasises and swim in lots of healing waters and have private ceremonies within the Sphinx and the Great Pyramid. And... Work with the astrology from the Sagittarius solar eclipse to Venus retrograde in Capricorn, and that Venus energy is going to absolutely be activating this Pluto-Eris energy that we've been moving through in this podcast and in these times. And so, it's a profound time to really lay down some solid prayers on holy land and. Embody the art of Hieros Gamos, the sacred unification of the divine feminine and the divine masculine, as we rematrix the codes of life. So I just want to thank you for being here. I believe that podcasting is a form of collaboration. Your experience as the listener matter so much to me. So please send me a message through support at earthseedtemplearts.com about what you're enjoying about the show, what you wish there was less of, any show submission ideas or questions I may address in future episodes. And I'm so grateful for you um, just taking part of your sacred time to dive into astrology with me. I really believe in astrology for these times, and I believe in you. I know that you have gifts that we need here on Earth, and I know that you have some beautiful ancestors wanting to guide and support you in these times. So just please know help is always there. I'm also available for private astrology sessions and personal empowerment sessions as well. So feel free to reach out to me if you're interested in diving deeper. And with that, I'm going to invite you to journey with the neck bet as we close out this episode. Blessed be. Take a moment and find yourself seated or come lie down, free of distractions, free of electronics, closing the door to the space you're in and doing whatever it is necessary to create a sacred quiet space. And allow yourself as you sit or lie down. Allow the body to become nice and heavy, deeply, deeply relaxed. Allow the breath to lengthen and deepen and find its own natural rhythm here and now. And as you do so, allow wave after wave of deep relaxation to enter in through the soles of the feet and travel up through the ankles and the shins and the calves and the thighs up into the pelvic bowl and all the digestive organs up through the vertebrae up into the lungs and the heart up through the shoulders going down the arms down through the wrists out to the fingertips and cascading back up the arms this gentle wave of relaxation coming up through the throat and the neck up into all of the muscles of the face and the head all of the bones of your head and your whole body just deeply deeply relaxing all of the hair on your head, deeply, deeply relaxing. Allowing the bones of you to connect to the bones of Mother Earth, the place of mineral, of memory, where your story, your ancestral story, is stored. Welcoming in this wise, holy part of yourself. Welcoming in your female lineage, your male lineage, all of your ancestral lineage. Welcoming in the yin and the yang. Welcoming in the unification. That mystical marriage deep, deep from within. welcoming welcoming all parts of yourself here and now as another deep wave of relaxation runs through your entire system and you begin to feel yourself lying on the earth in a hot desert sun filled day and this beautiful vulture bird comes and lands next to you and as you're lying there the vulture gently gracefully begins to pick away the parts of you that are no longer you the parts of you that are ready to shed, to dissolve, to let go. The parts of you that are diseased, that have forgotten, that have lost their way. This vulture begins to pick away gracefully, easefully, all of these parts of you. And you just allow, as you lie here, you allow yourself. To be picked away, you allow the muscles that carry the paradigms that are so far from your true essence to be picked away, to be devoured and consumed. And as you lie there, you begin to find yourself coming back. To the very bones of who you are just as your ancestors have done and you find your bones lying there so beautiful like these beautiful quartz crystals and the pure desert sun beams down upon them activating them All the way from the great central sun of all suns, the great cosmic sun of all suns, bringing in these codes of light, of intelligence, of healing, these star seed codes filled with the great remembering. You allow these bones of yours to be filled with these light codes. and this beautiful vulture begins to flap her wings she begins to flap her wings and dance the sacred dance around your bones of your body and as she does so you begin you begin to grow New life, new muscles, new blood, new skin, new hair, new teeth, new nails. And you feel yourself filling out as you breathe in this hot desert sun and hear and feel the flapping of the vulture's wings. You smell her scent upon you. And your flesh is fully grown out and you are this new life and you find yourself being drawn to come into this fetal position, and you hug like this beautiful little rock in the center of this womb of the key of life, the Ankh symbol. You find yourself holding yourself like a beautiful brand new baby in this womb of life, womb of creation with your cells of all of your body singing with this new light, these light codes from the great cosmic sun of creation. And you allow, you allow your senses to be washed over by the intelligence of your ancestors You allow your senses to be washed over by the intelligence of your descendants. You allow, you allow this wisdom to come through. You allow the support to come through in this moment as you begin to hold within your three grails of wisdom your womb, your heart, your third eye. You hold in the sacred space. You hold the vision, the prayers, the intentions, the seeds, the seeds of plenty that you are here to cultivate in the sacred life. And the neckbut she comes... Now to fly through the air all around you, blessing you and your auric field, you and your lineage, blessing you. And you receive the sacred blessing, the sacred dance. You receive this holy purification and rejuvenation and regeneration, you receive and you give great thanks and you allow yourself to receive deeper and deeper and deeper. Isis, heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou, great enchantress, heal me, save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.